Hey, everybody. Good morning, afternoon, good night, good evening. It's Felipe, your host of the Total Basis Podcast. It's with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? We are awesome, you know, ready to talk about the thing that drives fans always up a wall. You know, relief, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say relief pitchers because they always make you pull your hair out at the end of the night. You know, nothing like being up four runs and be like, oh, just going to get two innings out of the bullpen. And then you lose. And then Edwin Diaz. Yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. Good vibes only. Good vibes only. Okay, so don't talk about Edwin Williams. Got Edwin Diaz. Got it. Austin, how about yourself? I'm I'm all right. Ready to talk some relief pitching. Relief pitching is always very volatile and is weird. So I I like talking about weird. So let's. It is very weird. Let's get. yeah, and I see that um, Melvin's already talking. He mentioned Jason Isringhausen, Bill Pulsifer. He forgot about Paul Wilson. Generation K, I remember those teams in the 90s. They were supposed to be the next generation of starting pitchers, and I think only Isringhausen uh, made a career out of it, but as a relief pitcher, not as a starter. Yeah. But, yeah, that was supposed to be the next big thing uh, back in the day. And, you know, that's that's why you don't you don't put all your eggs on the starting pitcher's uh, prospect basket because they can burn you like that. As we found out with Noah Syndergaard, and he had a good career, and he's gonna have a, a good career. Come on, now. thirty already, man. Come oh, on. thirty, thirty like, is the new twenty-seven. Look, go look at Justin what Verlander. It? What is he like three? Well, we know Verlander is on. He has been stuff. But <laughs> you know, I, you know, they, some people would say this is libel. What I'm doing, but you know what it is. I, I am just. I don't believe anything anymore. I have been jaded. I have been, my trust has been put to uh, to the test and everybody has failed it big time. I don't trust any of these players. The, the good ones are doing something. The bad ones need to do something. <laughs> the bad ones are doing something, but getting caught at it. <laughs> the really the, bad ones are at least. The, Go Angels ahead. Pit, the Angels pitching staff has, has jaded me. So now that Syndergaard is on the Angels pitching staff, I'm like, I know he's going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. <laughs> I know he's going to be bad. I know he's going to get rocked. Like, that's just rocked because he, he's on the Angels now. Well, anyway, um, it's good times, good times, but we're here to talk about relief pitchers. Uh, so, uh, Sean needs to give me permission to uh, share my screen. But yeah, I think we're going to. You, you, you do it. You have it. You got it. All right. Well, let me try it again. There it is. So, again, we always have a spreadsheet. If I could figure out which spreadsheet I'm using, because I have like a million spreadsheets open but uh, this one should be Devin Williams up at the top can you guys see that yes yes so uh this is baseball savant data from last year we'll quickly just go through it because I like talking about you know what the, these pitchers utilize at, with their stuff starting with the off-speed percentage which Devin Williams obviously leads all relief pitchers at 63 63.8 percent because he has a what now Sean uh a wicked pitch. Uh, the, it's not a screwball. What were they called? The airbender. That's what it was. The <laughs> avatar, the airbender, screwball, changeup, pitch from hell. I, I don't even know what it is, but really like it. And if Josh Hader gets traded, Devin Williams is going to be a steal for a bunch of people. Yeah, well, I mean, my only issue with that is that the Milwaukee Brewers are loaded uh, with relievers once again. Not as uh, deep as a year's past, but... Uh, you did mention Josh Hader, but he's always on the trade block. There's also uh, who else did I have here? Uh, Jake Cousins, uh, who kind of uh, showed up and it's an interesting option. Aaron Ashby. We talked about him last year. Brent Suter, who uh, nice little loogie. Well, they don't do loogies anymore, right? Because of <laughs> of the new rules. But 
but there's always guys out of the pipeline uh, for the Brewers. So you're saying even if uh, if Hader gets traded, they're not going to look at Devin Williams and goes, you know what? You're more valuable in the seventh or eighth inning. Possibly. You know, that, that, that's always possible. All right. Well, no, I, we'll I'm go. very interested that um, Cesar Valdez, if when we sort it by off-speed percentage, isn't there. Um, he was the reliever for Baltimore and he throws like nothing but change-ups. I don't know. Just interesting. Uh, he was no, really bad, but he made a lot of – got a lot of saves the last couple uh, of years. Austin uh, compiled the pared-down list, so uh, he did make the cut. Sorry. Cut. <laughs> we can't get everybody in here. Otherwise, the special would be like – A, a thousand a tall, pages. A thousand pages and all that long. Anybody else? I mean, off-speed, as you guys can see, is not a very popular pitch among relievers, but anybody, let's go down a little bit. Anyone else on this list? How about you, Austin? That that kind of catches your eye, like, whoa, that guy throws nothing uh, a high amount of off-speed pitches, and he's good or bad or what? No, I would. I think I want to spotlight Aaron Ashby again. Uh, <laughs> Always, right? not let's this guy talk, again. <laughs> let's talk about Aaron Ashby, yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's a name that has been popping out for a while for me. Um, I really like I really like Aaron Ashby. I don't know if there's anything else to say about that. Um, I think he's going to be uh, pretty good if he can get into the rotation because that's going to be the next problem because the uh, Brewers have a good rotation. So you got to figure out how to fit him in there. Okay. So yeah, he was in our, um, he was in our rotation piece. That's why I'm, I blocked it out. I, I turned off the screen sharing because I wanted to make sure it was, didn't we talk about him already uh, uh, when he worked the rotation? So I know we do sparks, but the whole object for me, at, at least from my standpoint is to, uh, have these uh, separated uh, you know what I'm talking about like I don't I don't yeah yeah it's just relievers are relievers and the starters are the starters with the idea that they can be uh, relievers and vice versa so yeah note to self remove Aaron Ashby from this list because he's not wanted it on this list anymore because he's gonna he's gonna be a starter you'll see you'll see like Austin says <laughs> or I don't know Sean what do you think can Aaron Ashby uh, where do you see Aaron Ashby fitting in, uh, yeah, in the long I, th- run? I think he's definitely a starter going forward um, but yeah, there's going to be several guys on this list that I think will go back and forth. I mean, Jordan Hicks is the Cardinals are trying to ramp him up to 80 to 100 pitchers to be in the rotation this year. Yeah. Um, guys like uh, Tanner Hook and Garrett Whitlock, who kind of went back and forth between well, Whitlock was nothing but in the bullpen in 21, right. but Hook, you know, went back and forth. And I think they've told both of them to stretch out to become starters. And I guess whoever loses the the battle just goes back to the bullpen. So there's going to be a lot of guys that are kind of, you know, in between, you know, absolute tweeners right now. All right, let's move on to uh, breaking pitches. I'm just kind of setting things up here. Uh, let's, we're going in reverse order compared to what the we were doing with the starters. So let me just open up the uh, screen again. And here we go. Breaking ball, average spin. Now, relief pitchers, they're just being told to go out there and just throw it as hard as you can. And and just, I, I just, it's like, it's like m- my video game mentality or my anime mentality just says, man, I, I see a guy with high average velocity, or I'm sorry, a, a high average a spin on their breaking pitches. And I just see like a ball that just spins forever and just breaks in all types of directions. And it's zooming in and out of the strike zone. Uh, anybody on this list that you see here from uh, Chris Trenton at number one, all the way down to uh, Josh Stallman at number 23 down there. Anybody do that for you, uh, Sean? I mean, you know, we, we talked about Stallman a lot last year. I still like him uh, right behind Stallman is Drew Smith, who uh, pitcher for New York Mets. 
Uh, he was a part of the deal that sent Lucas Duda to the Rays, I believe, mm. and uh, or the Dodgers when they traded for uh, somebody. Uh, anyway, but he's got a really good like cutter. It's not as hard as you know someone like Emmanuel Classe's cutter, but it gets a lot of wicked movement, and he uses it kind of off of his four seamer. Um, he's a guy that if you're in a holds league, I think he's going to be one of the Mets' better late end relievers. Um, especially right now. I mean, they're missing about two or three relief pitchers. Familia's, you know, just signed with the Phillies last night. So Drew Smith might be a guy that picks up some valuable innings. Austin, uh, how about you? Anybody on this uh, breaking ball spin list that you like? Um, That I like? It's funny because I was just looking at somebody. I was like, wow, he's on this list? Okay. Or don't, or, or don't like. Sorry, like or don't like. Yeah, I, I, I was really looking at uh, Sean Newcomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you when you look at Sean Newcomb, he's he's up here on breaking ball average spin, but yet he throws 83 and a half percent fastballs and he hasn't become the starter that the Angels or the Braves thought he was going to be. So I'm just I'm just shocked that he's up here and, you know, he's way up here on average breaking ball spin, but he only throws 15 percent uh, breaking balls. Why isn't he throwing more breaking balls? I mean, that, yeah, he, that, that, that kind of goes the same with Tyler Matzik, who's up there in that top 10, too, is, you know, he threw almost 70, 80 percent fastballs last year. And that, that was his go to pitch. Just he threw fastballs in the zone and was like, hit my best stuff, but it had a really good slider as well. Yeah. And Sean Newcomb's always been. At, at, so you got Tyler Matzik at number 10, Sean Newcomb, number 13 here on the breaking ball average spin. Um, Melvin's saying that everybody's going to be like Willie Hernandez anyway from 1984. So what? They're going to have that one really good year and then just disappear from the face of the earth? Not joking. Uh, he, he was really good, Willie Hernandez, 1984. But Sean Newcomb's always been a guy with the good stuff, just he couldn't command it. And, you know, remember that was a big deal among Angels fans when he got traded yep. to for Angelson, Angelson Simmons, and Angels fans were pretty pissed off, but Newcomb hasn't done anything for them. Nope. <laughs> so... Uh, and not even out of the bullpen, but he's always an interesting name because he has stuff. He always has had stuff. So, and that's why you see his uh, average spin is up because it's damn good stuff. I know I've been using that a lot, that word lately, but uh, I mean, it is, that, that's what it is. That's why you see guys like Sean Newcomb because you're, you're hoping that that promise will finally break through and he can become the pitchers that uh, all these scouts thought that he could be. Uh, I think we talked about this last time, that velocity on breaking pitches don't matter, but you got Emmanuel Classe at 91 mile, 91.9 miles an hour on their breaking pitches yep. right there with Edwin Diaz, Michael Fulmer, who's making kind of a little bit of a comeback as a relief pitcher, Tyler Kinley. I forgot what team he plays for. Uh, uh, to, oh God. Keep going. I'll, yeah. I'll figure it out. Uh, actually Sam Coonrod, who was, uh, that was one of one under the radar trade, right. From the giants to the Phillies. Is that, yeah, that was, I think during, was that during the pandemic year as well? Yeah, it was a pandemic. Yeah. I remember we, we talked about that for yeah. a little bit and we kind of made fun of his name, but we can't make fun of the results. I, I guess. Right. Um, uh, Rockies, Tyler, yeah, Rockies, for the yeah. Rockies. Wait, he, he, I remember the name from when he was in Miami. That's what it was. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, and then yeah, and then there's another Jorge Alcala who's uh, I thought he was with the Brewers, but no, Jorge Alcala is with the you just bear with me here. Uh, if my computer could just twins, twins. cooperate, yeah, he is the twins. He's uh, be I have him listed as the second guy behind Taylor Rogers, so uh, I, I guess I like his uh, his profile just enough to uh, 
make it a note that I should probably keep an eye on him. Uh, so, but aside from the, the top six that I just mentioned there, uh, let's start with Austin again. Anybody you like or don't like or have a question as to uh, in terms of the breaking ball velocity there, Austin? I'm not touching bruised our Gratterall with a 10-foot ball. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> talked about that before, but uh, just uh, give me a quick synopsis as to why not. Um, he throws 9,900 mile an hour sinkers. You would think he'd be getting swing and misses, but he's more of a ground ball pitcher. I don't trust that. When you got somebody that's throwing 100 miles an hour, mm-hmm. you know, when you start throwing that that high, it's very difficult to keep consistently having your pitches do what they want, do what you want them to do. So, you know, you may get that 100 mile an hour sinker and it is deadly, but, you know, when you're throwing 100 mile an hour sinker, sometimes those don't sink and then they become a straight fastball. And, since he's more of a contact guy and not a strikeout guy, these hitters hitting a hundred mile an hour fastball, it's going to leave the yard. I don't trust Bruce Dark at all, but then right underneath him is Liam Hendricks mm. is probably going to be um, one of the most coveted relief pitchers in fantasy drafts. Probably it's probably him and hater. I would think. Yeah. The top two, uh, top two relief pitchers to go in the drafts this year. Yeah, that's uh, that's usually the consensus. It's been like that almost two years. I, I know I dropped uh, Aroldis Chapman on my list as well, just because uh, last year left a pretty nasty taste in my mouth from from him. Uh, Sean, did we get to your guy here on the breaking ball velocity? Yeah, uh, there, there's a couple of names. I guess one, if I had to go with one, would be uh, Tanner Rainey. Uh, that Washington team is really kind of in flux right now. They made a couple of relief pitcher signings. I believe Steve Ciszek was one of them. Uh, but Tanner Rainey, like when you think of the closer profile, the guy with the best stuff in that bullpen, it's Tanner Rainey. And we've seen glimpses of it, uh, major control issues, but throws the hard slider, high, you know, hard fastball. Um, I really think that this could be like a breakout year for Tanner Rainey where he's one of those guys who gets like 20 to 25 saves on a really bad team. Yeah, um, I saw that Nationals, uh, <laughs> the Nationals bullpen, and it's in disarray right now with Kyle Finnegan, Will Harris, Francisco Perez, Patrick Murphy, Andres Machado, and those are the guys who might do something. But yeah, I have the Nationals listed as the uh, the 29th uh, best bullpen, I guess, situation in terms of fantasy and maybe overall as well. Just in front of the Rangers and the, and the Rockies. Rockies are just miserable what a miserable team i i it would suck to be a rockies fan uh did we do should we do breaking ball percentages yeah let's do that let's take a look as to oh yes thank god i I wanted to talk about one of these guys so matt whistler's at the top of this list and then austin adams so matt whistler's the only one above 90 percent uh usually this is guys like sergio romo who have who throw nothing but sliders and curveballs Matt Whistler has kind of overtaken that from this spot. Is I remember Matt Whistler not being this good. Is he? Uh, is that? Did he find something in these yeah. uh, breaking ball pitches? Yeah, it was uh, when he was, uh, you know, traded to from like San Francisco to the Giants. He was already starting it a little bit with the Giants, and then of course he's in the bullpen and he just threw nothing but a slider. I mean, I think he threw like twenty-seven straight sliders one time. He's in that's Atlanta, that's right? A, no, no, no. He used to be. He was an Atlanta prospect, and like that was where he came up with. That's he what I meant. The, he was with the he's, Twins. He's with he the started, Twins now. Oh, I have. Or he might be a free agent. I haven't listed it as with the Rays at the moment. Oh, was he traded? 
He might have been traded. <laughs> well, you told me that he got traded from San Francisco, from San Francisco to the Giants. I'm like, wait a minute, what? That's okay, he was with the Twins in 2020, and uh-huh. he was on two teams in 2021, so probably uh, okay. went from Twins to Rays there. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a, a name that kind of caught me off guard, and the, and the Rays are just loaded. They, that, that's a situation where they, that there's just too many uh, relief pitchers there. Uh, I mean, it's great for baseball, real-life baseball, but for fantasy, it's a major headache. That's why I dropped them down to number 22nd. Is that too low uh, as a bullpen uh, in terms of fantasy there, Sean? Or is that just about right? I'd say that's probably about right. Yeah, Andrew Kittrich is listed as the closer at the moment. So we'll see how long that lasts. But I see a lot of these guys getting at least 10 saves each. Again, great, great for real-life baseball, but misery for uh, for fantasy leaguers. Austin, who's your guy here on the breaking ball uh, percentage here? The one that uh, the one that jumped out at me is Camilo Doval. Yes, <laughs> uh, Camilo Doval. Um, what really jumped out at me is um, the outside the strike zone swing and miss percentage, and then his contact percentage. Um, that's pretty. Both of those numbers are pretty high, but I mean, when you're making contact outside the strike zone, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. think that you're getting very much solid contact. So. You know, I would be really interested to see um, Camilo Doval's uh, numbers. Uh, I'll just have to pull him up really quick and see what he did last year. He he uh, took over the closers role like in the playoffs at the end of the year, and he started sharing a lot of time with Jake McGee. Was kind yeah. of like the the right handed because McGee had the majority of the saves, but that was just because he was their best relief pitcher. But Duvall really blew up in the postseason. So in twenty seven innings, he had a twelve point three three K percentage, a three or a tree a 12.33 k per nine uh three walks per nine uh, one point uh one and a third homers per nine uh he had an era of three and a fip of 3.47 so not not bad no, um, it's very promising it's very yeah, promising it's definitely but... very promising but uh you know when you're getting that many swings and misses outside the strike zone I would I would say that's that's cause for at least taking a look at him anyway, maybe not necessarily drafting him, but taking a look at him for a waiver wire pickup. Uh, yeah. No, I think I think he's he, he, drafted. No, no, he he's getting drafted in a lot of leagues right now. Uh, par- yeah, partially because he is a right-handed reliever. He took over the closers role in the postseason, where they moved Jake McGee into kind of like a a fireman role, um, and he had a really good postseason. But before yeah. we move on from breaking ball percentages, Felipe, just come back to me. No, no, no. He, Austin Adams. We haven't talked about Austin Adams. He no. had the funnest season of 2021 where yeah, as a relief pitcher, everybody, right? As a relief pitcher, he set the damn a major league record for most hit by pitches. Wow. He hit 24 guys in. Oh, I just had his innings up. It was like 42 innings. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Right here. I here was. I listened to the um, Fangraphs podcast, Effectively Wild, and they talked about that guy every, every, almost every podcast. They were like, well, Austin Adams hit another guy. Yeah, wow. f- 52 Austin innings. He guy. gave up 28 hits. He hit 24 batters and walked 35. <laughs> he, I mean, they couldn't hit him, but he had a 1.2 whip, a high walk percentage, a third strikeout percentage over 30%. But oh my God, it was like the funnest thing in the world. Like, the teams, uh, the, uh, who did he play for? The Mariners or Padres, Padres, the Padres, uh, Don Orslo and everything were like in with the chase. Like they were chasing the 24 hit by pitches. And when he finally hit it, like everyone went crazy. Oh, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. 
the Padres are an interesting team. Uh, I always like the Padres bullpen, and this year is no exception. I have nine guys. We, I mean, Sean, you know that we play in the, the holds league, and we uh, we require a lot of uh, relief pitchers to, to be on our starting lineup, so I always got to make sure I'm prepared for this league. I have nine guys on that Padres team that I need to look out for. Um, but Pierce Johnson is listed as the closer. Oh, God. Uh, that Denilson, doesn't sound very good. <laughs> I, I have I the have Nelson Lamette as the first man up, or the, at least the guy who should be first man up to get those saves, followed by Emilio Pagan, and there's Luis Garcia, Austin Adams, so on and so forth. That should be a fun bullpen. But, I mean, you obviously scoffed at Pierce Johnson. Who, sh- who do you think should be the Padres' closer? I, I think they're going to get um, – if Kimbrell gets traded, I think San Diego is a really good choice. I also could see Kenley Jansen. Mm. Um, going there as a free agent. I mean, I, I think Jason goes back to the Dodgers, but I, I think they're going to be on the lookout for one of those top-end uh, relievers. All right, let's move on to fastball average spin. As uh, we continue to look at the stat cast numbers for relief pitchers, uh, I wasn't going to do it, but I figure I, I have too much fun. I just have too much fun talking about the stat cast numbers from last year. And uh, what better way to talk than about these numbers and looking at relief pitchers because like I mentioned, all they do is just throw hard and they have all the spin and all the breaking pitches that just are otherworldly. And uh, we have a couple of guys here. I mean, Daniel Bard, man. So there's another guy from Colorado that, that kind of uh, shows up at the top of this list. Uh, what was the guy's name? Tyler Kinley at num- uh, with the breaking pitches and now Daniel Bard with the fastball average spin. Uh, unless you guys want to talk about him. I really don't want to talk about him. I mean, the Rockets are going to be bad. You Alec, Alex Colomay is going to be their closer and you know he's going to get drafted and he's going to be on a lot of winning teams and it's literally going to piss me off because it's Alex Colomay and he'll get like 15 to 17 saves and have like a five ERA. No way, man. Do not draft. I no, I mean, I'm Alex, not drafting. I'm not drafting Alex Colomay, but I know he's yeah. going to be on a lot of winning teams. It's so dumb. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess in traditional five by fives, maybe he could be, but he was so bad with the White Sox. He was bad with the Twins. When will people learn, man? It's just. But it's he not, got a lot of saves. Like <laughs> that's why saves is such a dumbass stat. <laughs> I know. I I know. I'm telling you. I know. <laughs> Listen for for fantasy purposes. It's great, right? It's fun. But from a real life standpoint, from just like how do you value a relief pitcher? It is a really dumb statistic uh, when you really think about it. But absolute worst, absolute worst. I agree. All right. Well, Austin, any uh, name uh, from the fastball average spin that catches your eye? Um, you know what really uh, jumped out at me was, and we'll just talk about him really quickly because I think we've talked about him in previous pods already. Um. Colin McHugh has been on every single one of these lists. Like somewhere in somewhere in there or in most of them anyway, I've seen Colin McHugh's name. So, you know, he's, he's up there in almost everything. Um, so, you know, might be a, might be a decent little pickup there. Um, if you're looking for, I don't know, any, cause he's not going to get you saves. So, you know, you're looking for innings or strikeouts or, you know, something of that nature. You probably might want to look at um, McHugh coming out of your uh or is he going to be a starter yeah no he, bring him home Mets he's originally a Met then need to bring him back he's like going to be the Seth Lugo 2.0 that we actually can throw on back-to-back days if needed but oh, yeah, another me, guy. yeah he's Go got ahead. the like the him and Lugo they and, and even to a degree you know Trevor May but Trevor May's become more of a dedicated RP now but they still have you know their starters arsenals and McHugh is just really fine-tuned a lot of his pitches over the years. Um, 
he's a guy that the Mets could sign him and maybe someone like uh, some random lefty reliever, and I'd call it a day, and that'd be like the greatest offseason ever for them. Yeah, Colin McHugh, uh, there's a guy who started as a starting pitcher and has found a really nice niche as a relief pitcher. I thought he had a really good season last year with the uh, with the yep. Rays. Uh, let's quickly, let's go down. Let's go real, real, real down. I mean, can you survive with really bad fastball average spin? Sean, let's start with you. So from Bailey Falter all the way up to Andres Machado, who is the guy we need to look out for? Oh, good God. Look at Josh Hader at the bottom of this list, but look, he's pretty good. Uh, I will say this. I will say this. Aaron Bummer. But that's kind of a cheating. I'm cheating there because his main fastball is a sinker, and he Mm -hmm. has like one of the best ground ball rates all in baseball. Uh, So yeah, I'd say uh, Aaron Bummer is a fun name. And uh, you're a stat cast guy more than I am. I mean, uh, you're seeing we're seeing some big names here: Uh, Josh Hader, Aaron Bummer. I see Lou Trevino who. For better or for worse, he is, you know, somewhat dependable. I mean, Oakland is going to entrust him again unless they do some moves, which I doubt they're actually trying to get rid of players. Yeah. But, I mean, what do you think? It is We talk about this every week, it seems like, but for relief pitchers, is, is fastball average spin something of importance or is it not really that important? It's not as important as when we first, you know, discovered it because it's less about just the raw spin as it is, you know, raw spin is just a factor of everything and we like we know josh Hader. you know his spin rate i get because i'm trying to go down here uh uh spin well while you do that another name i'm i'm seeing ryan thompson that's a guy i could trust diego castillo somebody i like a lot as well he's at the bottom of the list my guy diego castillo yeah (laughs) uh any luck there sean yeah so i mean his in terms of vertical movement has been one of the best even at a lower spin. And of course we know how elite of a pitch it is. I mean, it's one of the best fastballs in baseball. So I'd worry about it less with somebody like Josh Hader, (laughs) just because he's established. He can do it. Like, yeah, of course. That's why I'm asking. Cause we're like, I said, I'm just naming off players and pitches that I, Hey, I like this guy. I like that guy. I'm I'm at the grocery store. Uh, Speaking of guys, uh, Joe Kelly, he just got signed by the white Sox. His fastball velocity is uh, down. Uh, on the on the depths of the sea here. Uh, Austin, let's go with you now. Is there a picture you want to talk about uh, from uh, the next tier up from the bottom of the list here? Mm, Jose Alvarado is always mm-hmm. a fun one to talk about just because, you know, his fastball, he's got high velo of fastball. So it kind of surprises me that he's down here with as high a velo of a fastball as he does. But, you know, he'll, he'll get you strikeouts. Um, I don't think he's going to be the closer. He's on the Phillies still, right? Yeah, yeah. it looks like they're sharing – duties but I, I if Corey Knievel doesn't win that thing outright I don't know that's I just it just screams I, that Corey Knievel should be with the I guy. completely forgotten they signed Knievel before the lockout I completely missed that one yeah man that's why we do all the research beforehand <laughs> <laughs> let's move on quickly to uh let's to the big one fastball velo and uh it should be a who's who of reliever there Emmanuel Classe at number one Gradle I know also doesn't like him but you can't teach that. 99.4 miles an hour. Anthony goes. Yes, and Anthony goes. I love it. Love it. So those are the big guys with the big 99ers there. Uh, but those are the obvious names. Let's go down. Let's go down to 95 just to, uh, like, a, just to uh, you know, make it interesting here. So anybody above 95, beginning with Tony Santigan at, at, at number 82, all the way up to AJ Puke. Let's start with Austin this time around. 
Uh, is there a person you want to uh, disclose here? Um, I'm looking. Uh, Andrew Kittredge was uh, pretty relevant or was, I don't know if he was pretty relevant, but he was kind of relevant um, last year um, in terms of fantasy. I know I picked him up a couple times when I needed, uh, when I needed a reliever in some daily leagues. So, um, you know, I think Andrew Kittredge would be an interesting pickup. Um, AJ Puck makes me mad because <laughs> I drafted him in a league and he got hurt and I was like, oh, and it like, and I think what made me mad was it started a train of, I just had so many injuries on, on one of my teams and it started with AJ Puck and I was like, come on. And I just, he was one that he never came back. And I was like, man, I was really, I was really trying to, you know, I was really riding that. Oh, he's a highly touted prospect. And it came back to bite me in the ass. So, um, but AJ Puck would be into, but I think the one that I, that I would look at is Andrew Kittrich. That one was always one that I, you know, that always popped out at me when I was taking a look at who I should pick up for that day or that week. Oh, okay. I was confused. Sorry. Uh, Corey Richmond asked a question. Uh, Corey, good friend of the show here who in national league only Roto leagues, who should be the number one pick. Shouldn't it be Juan Soto? Didn't we establish that already? Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Oh, Trey Turner. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Trey Turner. Oh, there you go. So I put down Josh Hader thinking that he was asking about relief. Pitches. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but man, maybe Josh Hader too. Why not? I, I, uh, what's this? Uh, I was listening to the Rates and Barrels podcast in preparation for the show, and they were talking about how high the price on relief pitches have gotten. And it just showed, and I, I, I just couldn't help but think, really, that the, the, oh. the price went up. I know it went up for oh. a reason, but it's gone up. But hear, hear me out here, guys, really quick. And I just realized how privileged and sheltered I am because I'm in, you know, fully customizable leagues, as you know, Sean. <laughs> and relief pitchers, they're mad at this point. Like they're just they're out of sight, out of mind. I mean, Josh Hader, Liam Hendricks are the top guys I'm chasing as well with Emmanuel Classe. And then it's just a bunch of, uh, maybe I'll get him. Maybe I don't, I don't care. What were we going to say there? Oh, mine was in terms of when you talk about the, the price going up, um, completed my TGFBI draft this week. And I picked in the third and fourth pick was, um, if I could actually get this to work. Um, I had both Diaz and I believe Classe in the third and fourth round. And I, I was happy to have them. Okay. Because I, I, I don't want to be like, and of course, uh, um, anyway, yeah, they, there was a lot of them going way up boards very early in a lot of the TGFBI leagues. That's interesting. I know, like I said, that's what the guys were saying. Uh, uh, Eno, Sirius, and DVR were saying that you, know, you need to raise, the, the price has gone up, so you need to really chase after these guys. And and they were like, there has to be a better way to do that. I mean, that's kind of what we just talked about, but you could hear Eno and uh, and DVR being frustrated. There has got to be a better way to gauge the quality of a relief pitcher. <laughs> like, well, there's not. Sorry. I mean, even they said, well, if you want to, well, if you want to use other statistics, there's going to have to be some heavy lifting. Well, no shit. That's why, that's why saves continues to be, and then holds too. But I, you know, it's a big thing with uh, with fantasy leaguers. Anyway, I went ahead and did the fastball percentage as well. This will be the last thing. We're, uh, maybe we'll talk about some of the uh, – we'll see. We'll see. But I, I'm kind of interested in a lot of this stuff. But, uh, yeah, here it is. In all his glory from number 98.9, Emilio Pagan. He uses his fastball a lot like it's going out of style. Uh, and then um, 
just a bunch of guys in the high 70s. So let's start with Sean. Who's your guy at the top of the list here? Uh, I did not think Emilio Pagan. I thought he threw like a splitter a good bit, at least when he was with the Rays. I don't know. Uh, probably gonna go with oh god, I'm not really a fan of any of these. Um, Aaron Loop, former Met, probably go him. He's got a lot of the fastball cutter sinker. It's not really a, a true fastball, you know, it's just a lot of moving it around side to side. I thought he was a great sign for the Angels. So, uh, yeah, and then, of course, you have Jake McGee, who throws nothing but four-seam fastballs. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he was talked about on the on the Rates and Barrels podcast, the episode I was listening to from February, saying that I didn't realize, you know, we, we talked about the starting pitchers being bad because they weren't allowed to use the sticky stuff anymore, but I completely forgot about, you know, relief pitchers need to, the sticky stuff as well, and they were talking about how Jake McGee's uh, uh, profile kind of went down, uh, you know, the numbers that Eno Sirius uses to gauge uh, pitching, that his stuff went down. As soon as the crackdown on the uh, on the on the foreign substances uh, was yeah. enforced by Major League Baseball, so that's why Camilo Duvall is going uh, hot and heavy. I have him. Camilo Duvall is like the number fifteenth guy, just because Jake McGee's always right behind him. But uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, food for thought uh, there. Okay, so this makes more sense on Emilio Pagan. Uh, it, he technically his top two pitches that he throws the ninety eight point nine percent of the time is a four seamer and a cutter. But his four-seamer, he throws it at 95, and the cutter's at 86. So it, it kind of plays probably more like a slider uh, mm. a, as, a, as a change of pace rather than just a true, like, fastball, V-load cutter. Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's – listen, fastball, breaking ball, and changeup. That's, like, the most general way of categorizing these pitches. Because if I were to do uh, all of the pitches like that, I wouldn't need a separate oh, yeah. spreadsheet because th- this would go on forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, let's go down. Let's make it interesting for Austin. So th- that's um, Sean. I would be his- careful with Aaron Loop because um, his role on the Angels is going to change because um, Rysel Iglesias is going to be the closer. Yeah. I mean, no. Loop wasn't a closer for the Mets either. So, but I, I think he, he, in terms of like a, a whole save and holds league, like Loop's pretty valuable, I think, there. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the price of uh, Familia now that you have DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett all as the top three starters? Because he was the reason why I was talking, I'm going to talk about, I was talking about him because he's 18th on the list here. Um, you know, I I feel like with those three now, I feel like Familia's price is going to go up or he's going mean, to get drafted higher in leagues because no. now there's a better he, chance he, of him he, collecting he, saves. He, he's on the Phillies. He's on the Phillies. I was on the Philly. I thought yeah. he was on the Mets. No, he signed with the Phillies last night. Oh, right. Six million dollar deal. It's kind of sad to see him go. He's been a, on the Mets for almost eleven years, but with a with a slight hiccup in Oakland. But that was it. I have. I thought, a, I, I, thought I had a good a good question, and then it oh down. yeah, you're flying up here, and then the boom. Yeah, <laughs> I have nine relief pitchers. Uh, thanks to Austin here, I have nine relief pitchers listed as free agents uh, that are worth uh, monitoring. Familia was like number nine on my list. So yeah. out of sight, out of mind there. All right. Uh, I was going to ask Austin. Well, he, let's, let's give Austin a chance to redeem himself after that Familia debacle. So <laughs> at 73, let's go 73% or low or, or less uh, of the fastball usage uh, from the, on this list. Who do you want to talk about? Mm, let's see. Let's go with. Oh, man. Uh who is going to be <laughs> Tyler Nutsack Matzik? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I I like him. I think I think his price is going to go up a little bit because of his uh, because he's been exposed at the world in the World Series. People kind of know his name now, um, so he probably will go up a little bit. Um, what do you guys think about James Karinchak? He was he, he did yeah. well at the beginning of the year. And he then kind he, of he fell off after sticky stuff. Yeah, yeah. he imploded. Yeah. And, well, and then he went back down to the minors. Uh, they they did demote him. He had a couple of good outings there, came back up, had a couple of good outings. But, yeah, he was definitely a, a sticky stuff guy, which isn't shocking to me at all. But yeah. I, I do think a lot of the guys that were using it, I think they're talented enough, that, and especially guys like a reliever who only throws two pitches and be like, okay, I don't have to learn how to throw all of my pitches without it. I just need to throw one without it. Uh, I, I think Karen Track will still be – you know, Classe definitely – took over the closers role no ifs ands or buts there but uh i still think he's going to be a good relief pitcher maybe not like a 15k per nine like he was but like a 12 to 13 i could say uh i was gonna say um yeah and karen check was already wild to begin with and yeah there was that time where he was his stock was going up because he was improving but yeah he he definitely got exposed last year plus emmanuel classe was right there with him as well and uh, what's that uh, terminology that like people like to use? The cream rose to the top there. Class A is yeah. a cream. Well, that. you see, that, that was the thing last year was I picked both Class A and Karen Check. Like they were both going like outside of 200, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I would I drafted both of them just in TGFBI. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to handcuff myself. Like, you know, one of these guys is going to be the closers and get 20 plus saves. Sean, I went down to below 67.9% fastball usage. Uh, who is a guy you are targeting or not targeting from this list, starting with Adam Simber all the way down to uh, J.B. Wendell Ken? J.B., oh, okay. Um, I want to see what the White Sox do with Garrett Crochet this year mm. because was, I think I think be. this is a huge year for him yep. because if they're going to make him a starter, they got to do it soon. Like You can't leave him in the bullpen for three, four years. And be like, okay, you're going to be a starter next year. Like that, that just does not seem like a recipe for success. But it seems that they have no wanting to put him into the rotation. But he was drafted as a starter. He, you know, he made his early debut as a reliever. And uh, I'd be really upset if, you know, Garrett Crochet never gets a chance to start just because their rotation right now is so set. But, um, hey, Michael Kopech needs his starting innings. Two and they're uh, from what I heard, they're looking for another starting pitcher as well. So, well, because right now it's what Lynn Giolito, Cease, Keichel, Keichel. Oh, what a fucking waste of a, excuse my language, but what a waste of a roster spot. Oh my god, Dallas Keichel just oh, I, he, he makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but he's a clubhouse leader though. I mean, that's oh. that's <laughs> nobody that's, give him any scissors to go cut up jerseys. <laughs> oh god, oh, that, no, no. Well, Chris Sell was a captain of attitude. There, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keiko actually uh, has. Well, so I guess Sale eventually won a World Series as well. But Keiko has World Series pedigree. Uh, anyway, and he's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the signs were always there, but you you obviously signed the guy to provide that veteran leadership and blah, those intangibles that people talk about. I mean, I, I fell for it, uh, but eventually his uh, shtick is already getting an, uh, getting old there with the younger players. So yeah, I, uh, I remember the Mets fans when he was a free agent. They were like, "Oh, you got to sign Dallas Keuchel. You got to do it." And I'm just like, "No, no, no. you do not. No." <laughs> Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> the whole Michael Jordan meme like shit. And then they're still talking. Uh, they're still talking about trading Craig Kimbrell 
uh, eventually. I mean, they're, they, they, their bullpen is just loaded. And if, if, if they're just stacking up arms, uh, as we are in the middle of a war here, but if, if they're stacking up arms just to get ready to trade away Craig Kimball for a starter, that may be that may yeah. be justified. Austin, uh, let's do what we did last time. What statistic you, do you want to go from here on out? Ooh, I uh, get to choose again. Yeah, I kind of like that, that little format. Uh, put the pressure on you. And let me just open it up a little bit here. There you go. Swing percentage all the way to hard hit rate over there. Uh, let's see. Let's do some sort of swing percentage. Uh, Which one? Let's do... Let's do outside the strike zone swing percentage. Swing and miss or just swing percentage? Oh, this one right here? Yeah. All right. Outside the strike zone swing percentage. So, basically, I mean, it sounds what it is. It's good pitches who can throw it outside the strike zone and the hitters are just going to swing regardless. And at the top of the list, Andrew Kittredge, those Rays, uh, that Rays team knows how to pick them. Uh, also on that list, Yankee fans should be happy. Jonathan Loisia, also on the top of the list. As always, Emmanuel Classe. Also on the top of the list, Taylor Rogers and top and rounding out the top five, Richard Blyer. Who the hell is Richard Blyer? Is he with the Orioles? No. Where is he? Lefty reliever, um, Marlins. Lefty. Marlins. Uh, okay. Yeah, ground ball kind of guy. Sweepy lefty slider. Um, yeah. Sweepy. I like that. Yeah, he's a, we call him the janitor because he cleans up. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, you got to pick the 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 stack uh, from number six, Racially Iglesias, your hometown guy, all the way down to Blake China at number 27. Is there a certain person you want to talk about on this list? Uh, Giovanni Gallegos. I like Giovanni Gallegos at number nine. Um, the closer situation in, in, in St. Louis is still kind of weird to me. Yeah. Um, you know, they've have like three or four closers. They've never really settled on one. But I think if I remember correctly, last season, it kind of fell on, uh, it kind of fell on Gallegos there Yep. at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, my guess is they will probably do that again. Um, because he was pretty good if I remember correctly. He got a 3.02 ERA at a 2.75 FIP. So, you know, that's 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 pretty good for a closer. Um, he has a let's see, a, a 66 FIP minus and a 75 ERA minus uh for a reliever, which you know, when it comes to fan graphs, you're looking at ERA minus and a FIP minus. The smaller the number, the better. Yep. Um, 30.6 K percentage, six and a half percent walk percentage. So that's that's pretty good coming from a closer. So, you know, he had a good season last year. I would expect the Cardinals to, to kind of give the saves load to, uh, to Gallegos again. So I would look out for Gallegos. Yeah. And it's a, it's a hell of a, I mean, and this is the team that made the postseason, but when spring training around this time last year, that whole bullpen was in disarray. Nobody knew what well, the hell yeah, was going on. Alex Reyes was supposed to start. Then Jordan Hicks went down with injury. And everyone was freaking out. And then Alex Reyes was like, never mind. You're not going to start. You're going to the bullpen. And then he went on that unbelievable run of saving, like, what was it? Like almost 30 consecutive appearances. And even though he had like a walk per nine over six or something, like it was the craziest thing in the world. And he just was tiptoeing across the, the top wire. And then at the end of the year, he blew, I think, four, five, six saves, like all in a month. And then they that was when they passed it over to Gallegos. Um but if Re- they, if Reyes is going to start, I, I think Gallegos is like the one hundred percent the closer. And then you still got Genesis Cabrera uh, on uh, just lurking in the background. You mentioned Jordan Hicks, so it, but it, it's a lot more stable, is what I was trying to say. It's a lot more stable yeah. this year than it was last year. Last year it sucked. If you're a fantasy 
owner and you're looking for a closer and you know the Cardinals are going to be decent, but they don't have their bullpen in check. Uh, let's see. Right now, the starting five is Adam Wainwright, Jake Flaherty, Stephen Matz, Dakota Hudson, and Miles Mikolas. So, uh, jo- Jordan like- Hicks is supposed to be in there somewhere. No, I, I, it's, it seems unbelievable. But he's he's uh, looking like he's in the bullpen for at the moment. So we'll see what the Cardinals end up doing. But yeah, the 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 Cardinals look a little bit like the Twins rotation, just a little bit, not a lot, just a, just enough to make me uh, be mad that the Cubs can't do anything against that. <laughs> All right, so Austin, uh, not Austin, you already got your guy here. Uh, Sean, outside the strike zone, swing percentage from number twenty-eight. Uh, make that number twenty-nine. Ryan Tapera, all the way down to Chad Green at fifty. Oh, I wanted I wanted somebody in the other list. Okay, um, let's look twenty-nine. Tapera, David Bednar, closer, Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> Absolutely love him. Have him everywhere. Um, closer on a bad team, but he's not a bad pitcher. I think he's a good guy to target anywhere from probably 15 to 20 saves. Really good splitter. Um, yeah, I, I, and I don't think he has really much competition at all at the back end of that bullpen. Uh, uh, Chris Stratton. Chris oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Chris Stratton. Wasn't he used to be a starter somewhere? They all used to be starters, man. Come yeah, on. Uh, okay, well, yeah, we, we started. <laughs> uh, no, Giants, I, by the I, way. I'm thinking Giants. of, yeah, yeah. yeah, I knew he was a giant starter. I, I confuse him all the time with Chris Heston, who threw the no-hitter against the Mets in 2015 in May. Like, the guy had – it was like his seventh major league start. And then he did nothing the rest of his career. Yeah, Chris Trotten, firmer, former first-round pick. Uh, Giants oh, yeah, look wow, good. he was a first-round pick. Wow. Top 22. And uh, the, the, at that point, the uh, Giants have won a World Series, and their starting uh, prospects, starting pitching prospects – they look very promising. You know, you, you had Madison Bumgarner, Matt Cain, Tim Lincecum, come, and you still got Chris Stratton on the pipeline waiting to take over. And it never happened. So, again, never trust pitchers. Yeah. Uh, Chris but. Heston, June 9th, 2015, throws a no-hitter in what was only his, I think, like, one, two, three, uh, like, 14th start of his career. Uh, <laughs> Chris Heston, Chris Stratton, they're all the same. <laughs> all right. Well, as always, um, I didn't want to spend too much time on the StatCast numbers, but this is just so damn interesting to me. Let's go all the way down, all the way down, all the way down to, uh, wow, David Robertson at the bottom of the list. But, uh, Sean, is there anybody at the bottom of the list that you think is better than uh, than their outside the strike zone swing percentage would indicate? Um, I really – there's a lot of good names that I actually like down here. Um I like Julian Mayweather, like uh, what was the guy, right? Corey Canabel. So I, I think these guys, Josh Dalmont, like I, I feel like a lot of these guys are better at beating guys in the zone with either, you know, good fastballs up or, you know, really pinning it on the inside, outside corners. Uh, so that's it's weird that a lot of these, they're, uh, a lot of them do have control issues, though. A lot of them do have control issues, though. So that's why guys might be less likely to swing when they know a guy already has control issues. I got something for you, but my internet's acting all wonky. Can you guys hear me still? Yes, we hear you. Uh, oh, man. Look, check out this list. This is the 2013, just the random uh, website oh. of the San Francisco Giants. This, this is right at the sweet spot, right where, where I was just starting to uh, become a little bit of a sports writer on the side as my side gig. Number one for the San Francisco Giants. Mind you, this is a World Series championship winning team. Not in, not in 13. 13, they lost. 
Uh, well, 12, they won. 20, yeah, 12, 10, they won. Yeah, and then 10, 12, and uh, 14. 14. So they already had two championships under the belt. And they had Bumgarner. They have Kane. They have Lincecum. Uh, Ryan Vogel's song, which if you guys don't know, yep. Vogel, Vogel's song means uh, the song from a bird. Song, bird song. Songbird. Songbird. <laughs> they go tweet 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 you know that's a perfect name uh, uh, for twitter right there oh god song. it doesn't really right. fall no. off the tongue like twitter does <laughs> vogel song it's well, a, if it's a couple of syllables if you're german it does <laughs> it's focus okay kyle crick at number one chris stratton at number two clayton blackburn at number three uh keith hembry at number six and Michael Kickham at number seven. That was supposed to be the next generation of starting pitchers. And then Chris Heston, Sean, you mentioned that number yep. 12. But that was supposed to be the next. Stephen Okert, he's somewhere on this list. I swear to God, I just saw he he was uh he just kind of was like an afterthought on, on, on these relief pitching. Let me see if I could find them really quick. Uh, uh he was like uh, Marlins. Marlins or Rockies. I, I want to say one of those two teams. Yeah, he's in the Marlins, Marlins uh, yeah. I, number four in the depth chart here on my on my spreadsheet here. Wow, the Giants, Alberto Mejia, holy crap! See, see, Sean, this is why we oh, Adam Duvall's also on this list, by the way. Um, this is why we always talk about some of these fringe minor leaguers because you never know, man. You you think they're gonna be, you know, flying off the face of the planet one of these days? And what twenty twenty two? You're talking about them just in passing. So don't give up. Don't, <laughs> don't give up give at up. all. You're starting pitchers out there who aren't at, uh, in the top 20 list and don't pan out. You can always make it back on this show as a relief pitcher. Just know yeah, that. You got all a right. chance. <laughs> so you got your guy in. Uh, Austin, any other uh, column you want to go to after this one? Oh, I get to pick the stat again? Yeah, I kind of like it. I like that randomization. Um, let's go with um... – should we do whiff percentage? Okay. Ooh, <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> and uh, as soon as this thing loads up, uh, here we go. Uh, let's start from the bottom to the top. Uh, you got Tyler Rogers, uh, everybody's favorite uh, submariner over there from, from San Francisco. Number one, lowest whiff rate, I should say. And Dylan Flora, who's supposed to start uh, be the closer for the Marlins. Is there somebody from number one to number 22 you want to talk about here? Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, let's see. Oh, Mark Melanson. It's a big, it's a big name to be down at the bottom of this list here. Um, yep. Diamondbacks closer, apparently. Diamondbacks closer. I mean, Melanson's not a bad pitcher. Or I think he's going to be what I think what uh, Sean is describing as a, a, a good closer on a bad team. So, yeah. you know, I, I think Melanson's worth a look. But um, I just want to point out again look, fourth. Uh, fifth, fifth lowest uh, <laughs> uh, whiff percentage, Bruce Dar Gratterall, but yet he throws a hundred mile an hour sinker. How the hell does that happen? Don't trust Bruce Dar Gratterall. <laughs> I would, <laughs> I'm going to pick up Mark Melanson over Bruce Dar Gratterall any day. All right. So you Mark Melanson and Bruce Dar Gratterall. Uh, let's move on to the next generation or the next tier up there from the bottom to the top. And we start with Tyler Whitener, another uh, Diamondbacks uh pitcher if i remember correctly and all the way down to tim Meza. i believe he's from the blue jays sean who do you want to talk about here oh gosh i really don't like any of these That's um uh, andrew chafin i'll go with, <laughs> wait wait no where was my cutoff i think i went past to tim Meza. yeah i went past my cutoff um hell, we can go down we can go down where, where is it what, what number is it 52 oh damn you went really down all right, he's, he's, that's an eight. That's eight past Mason. Come on now. <laughs> really bad. You didn't follow the assignment, Sean. <laughs> oh, it says, well, 
what was the uh, post on Facebook the other day? You had to pick the four for the the Mount Rushmore for the Angels, and Austin comes out here with like twenty seven names. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought teachers were supposed to be good with instructions. <laughs> I couldn't. Not when you're talking more. about the Angels, apparently. Well, you know what? He misunderstood. He thought he, he wanted the the Mount Rushmore of Angels. Uh, if you could build a roster from number one to twenty seven now, because they keep expanding <laughs> the roster sizes. Uh, what? So what was it? Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. Uh, I didn't pick Otani. Oh, Otani no. was not on my list. Who was your four? Just uh, your four. Four. <laughs> Just the four. That's not fair. Um, let's see. Trout. Guerrero. Gun to your head. Oh, okay. Um, oh my God. Gun to okay. your head. Just call Garrett, it out. Garrett Anderson. Yes. Um. <laughs> Sean Figgins. Uh, Sean Figgins. All right. Sean Figgins. That's a fun name. Yeah, it's a fun player too. All right. Uh, so who's your guy again, uh, Sean? Uh, Andrew Chafin, down at 52. Oh, okay. Number 52. What? Look out for him. Don't look out for him. I, I think he's, you know, the top lefty, probably left in free agency. Him, Jake Diekman, uh, hell, even Chase and Shreve. But Chafin, you know, had a career year, uh, had a 206 ERA between Oakland and the Cubs. Uh, despite being kind of middling of the road when it came to whiff percentage, uh, 47th percentile. He was in the, on the uh, 90th percentile in terms of chase rate. So he's getting a lot of the weak contact on the pitches, like out of the zone on the sinker and slider. Um, not a huge strikeout guy, good ground ball pitcher. Um, I think he's a quality lefty and the Mets really, if they want to replace Aaron loop, I think Andrew Chafin's the guy to get. All right. And let's look at the top of the list really quick. Uh, again, let's see Josh Hader, Craig Kimbrell, Devin Williams. These are all good guys. Uh, Art Warren is a, as a name I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, I believe he's with the Reds, right? Where is he at? Yes. Okay, thank I you. I think he was originally a Yankee, but he got traded to the Reds, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Uh, Jake Cousins, that's, I mean, I mentioned him earlier as a guy I'm kind of looking at keeping an eye on, even though he's not going to be the closer. But, some. I mean, this is why I find these two guys, Art Warren and Jake Cousins. So, uh, I guess those are my guys at the top of the list. Alex Vesha. So, a lot of, but, okay, so that's obvious. It's, the good players are the good players, but... Is there any concern? Let's start with uh, let's start with Tanner Scott, number eleven. Sean, we'll start with you, all the way down to number thirty-second, Emmanuel Classe. Is there anybody that's kind of concerning at the top of, of the whiff right here? Uh, trying to think. Lucas Sims has been a pretty popular target for the Cincinnati bullpen, uh, but in the last couple of days, yeah, at sixteen, uh, in the last couple of days, it was reported that he wasn't he had just started throwing bullpens or he was just throwing off a mound like starting last week uh so even though he's a relief pitcher uh, and he can ramp up a little bit quicker uh he might miss some time and but he's he's a guy that's being drafted kind of like we expect him to be the closer for cincinnati when i think their bullpen is just as much up in the air as a lot of other teams especially teams that are competing all right. Well, that's why I mentioned our Art Warren, right? Because uh, yeah, Lucas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down. He's yeah, he's a uh, considered the setup guy in the seventh, Luis Sessa, which is just weird that he's considered setup in the eighth. No, that's then, why I, I that's yeah. why on my list I have Art Warren at number two. I don't care about Luis Sessa. Yeah. I I am just I am like I'm like Russia when it comes to Ukraine. I look at Art Warren like he belongs to me. Oh God, <laughs> he's my Crimea. Crimea oh River. no, <laughs> I remember I, that. That was SNL, right? Uh, was it? What, what? Yeah, the, the Crimea River. Yeah, that. Was, oh, was that a thing? Well. I missed it. Oh, yeah, it was an entire thing. Crimea River, like, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a fake. Uh, I don't think it, it might have been actual Justin Timberlake. I'm not sure. But, Crimea uh, a River. But yeah, uh, 
Amir Garrett is a guy I think to keep a name on. If no, I'm done rest. with them. No, you're you're, you're always, done with them. You're done with them. He always okay. Well, he had a terrible you know I mean? 2021. I agree. He had a terrible 2021. Every time I have hope for Amir Garrett, and then he's right there at the top of the uh, uh, at number 29 at the whiff rate. And I'm glad you brought him up. I mean, the Reds are every year the Reds come out with a promising bullpen, and every year they let me down. And at the the personification of all that is, is Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett. <laughs> He still has command issues. I mean, but he, like we talk about this, Sean, all the time. He looks the part. Why isn't he the part? He's the Nomar Mazzara of relief pitchers when it comes to closers. Oh. So, but, and he's left-handed too. That's another issue. They might be comfortable with him being the, the lefty uh, dominant uh, late inning guy. So, but no, this Art Warren guy, just he's, he's tickled my fancy and I want him. <laughs> I want him like I want, like Russia wants all the nuclear uh, Say, facilities. And saying Ukraine. tickle my fancy and then I want him almost makes me want to put you on like some sort of watch list. Like Art Warren's <laughs> going to get kidnapped out of wherever they play their spring training. And when I hear that news, oh, I'm, I'm not, immediately I'm not going gonna, to Florida, man. <laughs> well, no, do the Reds. I think they played Arizona. I don't know anymore. Y- they, you don't want to go get the dry heat. <laughs> I always say, I always keep my heat, brother. I always, <laughs> okay, I always carry that torch. Uh, let's say we're running late. Let's, I can't help myself. Let's just keep going. Uh, so, Amir uh, Garrett, uh, we were passing. Now, we talked now, about Jose are we talking Arrow. about Amir Garrett's re- re- revelancy for, for fantasy baseball or the fantasy baseball players fight league? Because oh. <laughs> then, I'm, then I'm picking, I'm picking Amir oh. Garrett number one. Yeah, he he's a one-one <laughs> in a fight league for sure. <laughs> well, you know, you know, well, you guys, he's got that hella good reach too. You know, long arms, like six foot six, long like, arms, yeah. and you know he'll challenge an entire team. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going nah, here's Garrett my Mount Rushmore, down. my Mount Rushmore of of fighters. Oh of, God, of, oh, of God. pitching fighter, fighting pitchers, right? Uh, Chris Sale. That, <laughs> Jeff Samarja, because Hawk Harrelson told me that those two are captains of attitude because they fight all the time. Uh, Amir Garrett and Nolan Ryan. Right, I was I was hoping you'd pick Nolan Ryan. <laughs> Robin, Nolan you see, Harrell, I feel like I'd have to I'd have to put Al Herbosky on mine just to be like that fourth guy who isn't really the best fighter, but he absolutely scares the shit out of whoever you're fighting. Well, the that, man, that's a different the, list. That's oh a different no, list no, 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 no! Every fighting team needs a guy that scares the other guys. Oh, that's, though, a, that's an intimidation thing. Uh, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. You got That's why you get the mad Hungarian. He's your he really a fighter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's like a uh, Steve Carell in Anchorman who just runs into the fight holding a grenade. Like that, that's how I'd imagine him. <laughs> I didn't know what pick Pedro. Uh, I don't he, know. he didn't throw any punches, right? He just he just pulled him down. He still yeah, fought. He still fought people. He <laughs> fought like he was in like two or three. <laughs> I, I said what I said, man. I mean, you, you weren't there in 2012, 2013 when captains of attitude were, were were keeping other teams in check while the White Sox went to a losing record that year. So, <laughs> Did Samarja uh, pitch for the White Sox? Yeah. 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 He, uh, they oh. traded uh, Marcus Simeon for him, too. Oh. Yeah, if I remember correctly, that was an interesting trade. Yeah, I'm seeing that now. I didn't realize Josh, he pitched Josh, an entire year for him. Josh Fegley, too. Yeah, Josh Fegley went to Oakland that year. And there was a third guy on that list, and I forget his name. Ah, we'll look it up some other time. <laughs> All right, uh, who who did who who's talked last? I want to want to get one uh, one more pitcher, maybe two more pitchers on the whiff rate here. Uh, who who's the last person to talk about their pitcher? Was it Sean or Austin? Yeah, it was me. So go to Austin. Okay, Austin, who's your guy here? Number thirty-three, Will Smith, all the way down to Gregory Soto at number fifty-four. Um, is he still on there? Nope, he's a little bit higher. Damn. Um, let's see. Who were you talking about? 
I was I was gonna I was gonna talk about Jake Diekman. Uh, well, let's talk about Jake Diekman. Well, Diekman, I think, is going to be a really interesting pick. He's a free agent right now. Oh, Jesus, but... all the way up here. What, what number is he? <laughs> I don't remember. That's why I was like, is he on the list? I don't remember. All right. I thought he was someone maybe a number a little bit higher than that. No, no he's like nowhere to be found. No, he was, he was up there. Um, I'm trying to look. Well, if you need time, Sean, do you have yeah, someone you want to talk to? I need a minute. Uh, we sold whiff. What, what was the, yeah, the spot? Whiff rate, thirty-three to fifty-four. Thirty-three to fifty-four. Will Smith, is, is that the Luis Garcia for the Astros? No, that, that's a different Luis Garcia. Is that a different? This Luis is the Garcia? Padres. Yeah, that's Padres Luis Garcia. Um, let's see. Let's go with thirty-three to fifty-four. Everybody needs time. Bro- Brooks. Uh, no, actually, Miguel Castro. I think I he's knew got, I, yeah, I, I, I had to go with the Mets. I, I almost went Brooks Raley because Brooks Raley is a really interesting reliever. Uh, he's just, yeah, uh, Astros are Reds now. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, Miguel Castro is the guy, has I think the best stuff of any reliever in the league. It's just a matter of getting all of them to work at the same time. Because last year he started off and his changeup was great. And he was doing better with his changeup and slider and just like mixing in the fastball. And then he lost the slider, and he was like, crap, i got to go throw more fastballs. The changeup was still good. And then the changeup left, and the fastball was really good. And it was, like, so frustrating because all three pitchers are absolutely plus, and they're never plus at the same time. Uh, also on those lists, guys that I like, Danielson Lamette, oh, I mentioned him earlier, um, Trevor May, even though. Chad um, Green was good last last year for. Yeah, Chad Green, always dependable as a relief pitcher, uh, even in 5 by 5 because he keeps the uh, rate stats low. Is that your guy there, Austin? Chad Green? Yeah, I guess we'll go Chad Green. I was I was, I was was thinking maybe Ryan Presley, but I guess my guy would be Chad Green because he's so dependable. All right. Uh, looking. Let's see here. The deal. Uh, let's see. Brooks Ray. Oh, that, never mind. I was going to say he's on the Cubs now, but that was just the team that drafted him. Ah, here it is. Uh, the Athletics decided to trade Jeff Samarja yep. to the yep. White Sox uh, in exchange for Marcus Simeon, Josh Fegley, Chris, Chris Bassett, Bassett, who was just traded, <laughs> and Rangel Ravello. Yeah, he, he had a crazy good year in the minors after being traded to the Dodgers AAA last year, and now he's going to go to the KBO. Yeah, that was a, kind of a win for the White Sox. And then Marcus Simeon blew up, and Josh Fegley ended up being a serviceable catcher. Chris Bassett, we, we, got, we talked about it the last week or so. I feel like the the trade uh, Samarja to the A's was a, a fun fun names Dan Straley, Addison Russell, and Billy McKinney. Yeah, all, like yeah. all three of those became major league players. Yeah, I mean, Epstein knew what he was doing back then. Yeah, unfortunately. You ready uh, for it, this? So I'm on I'm on a website called MLBTradeTrees.com. So yes, thank you. I was looking yeah. for that. Go ahead. Yeah. So Jeff Samarja, when he was on the Cubs, was traded for uh, was traded from the Cubs to the the Yankees, right? No, to the A's. I'm yeah, sorry, A's, to the yeah. A's for uh, Billy McKinney, Dan Straley, Addison Russell, and a player to be named later. Mm-hmm. Billy McKinney was later traded to the Yankees for Aroldis Chapman. Yep. Yeah. And four other guys. Uh, Labor oh, Torres. Oh, so, yeah. Labor Torres and Rashad Crawford. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then, we, and then we talked about his trade from the A's to the White Sox for Ravello, Josh yeah. Fegley, Marcus Simeon, yeah. and Chris Bassett. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Ravello didn't debut until last year. 
Wait, I just saw Yanoa's name. Yanoa? Why is Yanoa's name? Which Yanoa? That was Michael Yanoa. He was a part of... Oh, right. uh, he was traded with Samarja. Ah, uh, uh, I see, I see, I see. Okay. All right, enough of that. Uh, last uh, spreadsheet uh, of uh, of the uh, projection season. I got it by projected points. So, Austin, you'll appreciate that these are the... Um, What's what I'm looking for? The the point configurations for our Mardi Gras Madness League, our keepers are due today. And Josh Hader at the top of the list, Liam Hendricks at number two, Rice Lugas at number three, Edwin Diaz, Ryan Presley, Will Smith, Aroldis Chapman, Emmanuel Classe, Jordan Romano, and Giovanni Gallegos round out the top 10. Uh, let's start with Sean. Let's go outside the top 10 really quick uh, in the projected points. Is there somebody from 11 to 33 that you're like, hmm, I want to target him in drafts? Uh, probably going to be Scott Barlow of the Royals. That's what uh, I was gonna really good year last year. Um, really nice, nasty slider. And as much as we love Josh Stalmont, I think Scott Barlow is the better relief pitcher. I was going to ask you if you're not concerned because yeah, it's just it's not like, Stalman. There's a lot. There's a couple of guys there that look interesting for the Royals. Yeah, and um, Scott Barlow is one of them. And I believe Blake Trinan, who's up there at twelve. Um. All of his value right now is determined if Kenley Jansen comes back. If Kenley Jansen doesn't come back, Blake Trinan might be like one of the best values among relief pitchers out there. Yeah. Uh, because on that team with how good he's been the last couple of years, uh, he could put up, I, I think he could outperform guys like Hader and Hendricks if he's the closer for the Dodgers. By the way, uh, the rest of the competition for the Royals, uh, Josh Stallman, Jake Brents, Dylan Coleman, Gabe Spire. I know these are not household names, but it's something that keep uh, back of mind that Barlow, if he messes up, the Royals might not hesitate to pull him out um, and replace him with some of these other guys that I just mentioned, because uh, they might be better than most people think. I mean, they're not world beaters, but just a little concerned there. Yeah. Austin, uh, who's your guy on the on this list here? Um, I was looking at two, but I think I'm going to narrow it to one, and I think yes, the please. one that I'm going to look, <laughs> the one that I'm going to target is Garrett Whitlock, mm. number thirteen. Uh, thank you. Garrett Whitlock, number 13. Yeah, yeah, he's penciled in as the closer for now. But again, this is why I hate the closer situations with these teams. I mean, they, they got some guys there in Boston, too, and they're ready to compete as well. Matt Barnes is behind him. Josh Taylor, Ryan Brazier. I mean, Ryan honestly, Brazier. right now the Red Sox are at six-man uh, six rotation. Whitlock, I don't think it would take much to get Whitlock in front of someone like Michael Walker. like, honestly. Mm -hmm. I, I think Whitlock might ends up ends up starting more than he does close. Wow, that that's wow. I never thought I would see that, but uh, he's only twenty six years old, so maybe that's something the Red Sox want to do is uh, give him that opportunity to uh, see if his stuff translates to uh, a rotation spot here. Uh, let's move down further down the list. Now we're getting very into murky waters. Uh, guys who may not be the full time closers, but some like I, mean, I guess this would be what deep sleepers, I guess. So let's start with Austin from number 30, Andrew Kittrich, all the way down to number 52, Tyler, 52, Tyler Rogers. Uh, who's a guy you are keeping an eye on late in the drafts? Um, late in the drafts, I think it would have to be. Is that? Yeah, let's let's do Hector Neris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is he a free agent or is he still on? Oh, he's on with the Astros. Huh? On the Astros. Oh, he, he, the Astros yeah. he was another pre-lockout signing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would I would go with Hector Neris. Uh, I mean, this is this is saying he's projected to have what is that? Seventeen holds, um, three Ks per walk, uh, eleven Ks per nine. 
you know, I'd, I would, I'd picked up and he's going to be on a, he's going to be on a good team in the Astros. So yeah, I'll, I'll look at uh, Hector Neris. I mean, yeah. you guys know why Hector Neris left the Phillies, right? Uh, because they wouldn't let him throw a splitter. No, because his ERA against every other team, not called the Mets is I think sub two and a half. Oh, wow. And his ERA against the Mets is I think five or six. I and, he fa- and he faces the Mets so much. But that it's oh, it's like the wildest thing. He's so I, good, and then anytime the Mets face him, he absolutely falls apart. I wish they would do away with this stupid uh, unbalanced schedule already. I know why they did it. I know that everybody asked for it, but it's just getting ridiculous. That sounds like Vince has been posting that they're that they're trying to do that. They're trying to balance the schedule back out. Yeah, yeah. I I, I would get rid of all the divisions. I, you know what? I <laughs> get rid of we want anarchy no divisions <laughs> one through 30 there's no more i mean there's no more uh no more pitchers or the hitting everybody's at dh there's interleague Might Every- well just- <laughs> all right that's how you do it i think i talked about this before uh throughout the uh the group here but let's see there you got 29 teams if you have them face five times a year every team you face you got to face them five times uh not in a series just five games five games each that's 145 games. That's the way baseball was back in the early 20th century. And then you're already expanding the playoffs anyway. You make all your money in the playoffs anyway. That's all that anybody cares a shit about is the freaking playoffs anyway. Regular season doesn't matter. You put them all in. Everybody gets a trophy. Well, no, Everybody. I didn't say all that now. I mean, <laughs> I didn't say all that. I just said you you just have these teams face each other five times a year, five games a year. Every and no, no more complaint. Oh, that's not fair because he plays in the NL Central, the AL Central, and that division's weak. And the AL East is, is, is where all the good teams are. No, you take that away from them. You take away that that unbalanced aspect of it. Everybody plays each other five games uh, a year, and it's fair and balanced. And you know what they do? You do home and home and away every year, right? Like like they do in college football. Well, this year Oklahoma goes to Oklahoma State. Next year they'll go into Norman. It's the same thing. This year the Yankees go into Boston. And then next year, the, the the Red Sox will go into Yankee Stadium, and maybe the, you know, I'll get that. I don't know. I'm just trying to think outside the box. Then the teams seasons. can't make their rivalry money. Yeah, I know. They'd be I very know. sad. But or I have they... my I have mine ready to go on the uh, the points projected points. By the way. Oh, uh, what you got here on the uh... between whatever the number thirty and fifty four. Uh, okay, fine, fifty four. Sure. Yeah, I wanted to talk about them on a previous. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm super wow. congested. I'm sorry, guys. No, your, your New York accent came out right there. Or your, your, your East, uh, East, yeah. East Fork accent came out. <laughs> the uh, closer for the Orioles. He didn't pick up the closer's job till the end of the year, and then he missed like the last week or so. He's a former starter who had been claimed off of waivers in 2020, didn't pitch at all from the end of 2019 when he was in double A as a starter till 21 when he was with the Orioles. And he has three really nasty pitches uh, batters batted under 200 against all of them, both his four seamer slider changeup. They whiffed over 30% on both the slider and changeup. Tyler Wells is a name you guys need to remember because I think he's locked in as their closer. He's got a lot of doesn't walk guys, doesn't really have control issues, uh, fills up the zone, nasty high velo fastball with a good spin, good slider. I, I, I really like Tyler Wells and I think he's going to be a good value. Oh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, he is listed as a closer, but Cole Solzer is right behind him as well. So it, it's a little bit of a competition going on there. Um, so, but yeah, it's uh, good to know that you have a preference there. Yeah, uh, I, I had him. He was in our 30 team daily and I picked him up and he actually kind of, 
was unlucky this year. He does give up a good bit of hard contact, but he gets a lot of whiffs, gets a lot of chases, and he doesn't walk guys. So whenever I see a guy that gets a lot of chase but doesn't walk guys necessarily, I'm willing to take a risk on him. Right. Oops. Did something wrong here? Uh Uh-oh. What did I do? Oh, what? Whoa. What did I do here? Uh Uh-oh. What happened to my colors? No, I got to have my colors. (laughs) Uh, I also did it... uh, projected points by holds <laughs> so i gave holds 10 points each for a hold and again still uh, if you do uh, it, it actually moves liam hendricks up the leaderboard ahead of josh Hader now there's giovanni gallegos now at number three and uh we see let me see where is the first guy who is not a traditional i guess pierce johnson i know he's listed as a closer for the Padres, but as i mentioned the Padres are loaded with relief pitchers and so if you if you uh, value holds at 10 points a piece, just like you do saves at 10 points a piece, Pierce Johnson goes all the way up to number 15 uh, compared to the 288 and a half points that he's projected to get according to ATC, because he's only going to get 16 saves. Well, you add another 17 holds at 10 points each. He goes up to number 15. Uh, I guess, Sean, let's start with you. Buy yourself Pierce Johnson being a very reliable relief pitcher in holds leagues as well. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm completely indifferent towards him. Why I'm don't you to, like him? I'm trying to find uh, UFO uh, Tyler Rogers. I would think he like was one of the league leaders in holds last year, but he's not appearing on this list. Hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, sorry. Pierce Johnson. I, I just I'm yeah I'm mad. I, I don't want to. I, I need they need a, an established good closer Emilio Pagan that's your guy I don't think Denelson Lamette is healthy I think he's like cooked uh they were saying that he was uh ready to go I thought Let me see. oh god he's in the best shape of his life <laughs> oh I, I don't know at least you know now that he doesn't have to he doesn't have to uh you know start anymore so that should help him out I and mean, we always thought Hey, if this starting thing, and that's a prime example. If this starting pitching thing doesn't go the way we think it will go, at least he can become a relief pitcher. That's him in a nutshell. Denosalamet, great fastball, great slider. Okay. Uh, I, I did find Tyler Rogers. He's in between Mark Melanson and Jorge Ocala at 34. I would expect him to be higher in a, a very valuable holds format. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, he's only projected to get 18 holds for some reason. So, yeah. uh, well, that's still high, though. So, now I want to say he like had a stupid amount of holds last year. I mean, uh, it helps when your team wins a lot of games, but oh, absolutely. Yeah, he had, he had 30 holds last year. Uh, Austin, who's your guy? I guess we'll go from number 16 down. Is there somebody you want to talk about? Somebody that might be valuable this year that people might not know or is there a guy you are wary of Who's i was i was actually looking at gregory soto good or bad good oh okay because i think the tigers are going to be better this year so if the, with the tigers being better this year i think gregory soto will have more opportunities for saves or holds or you know what it looks like he's he's listed as a closer right now um left-hander 27 years old um i'm i'm you know I think the addition to Tucker Barnhart for will be interesting for the pitching staff. Um, so I, I, I would be eyeing Gregory Soto. Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily draft him right off the bat, but I would be, I would be eyeing him. Uh, by the way, the San Diego, from the San Diego Union Tribune just a day or two ago, uh, they interviewed the general manager for the Padres. And they're asking, how did uh, Denilson Lamette look like an ace on the staff a couple years ago? 
injuries came and derailed him. What is your understanding about where he's at? How might you guys see him? From what I understand, he feels healthy again. I oh, think it's based yeah. on potentially the health of the rest of the guys in the rotation. I feel like he has the potential to be a wipeout reliever in a one-time around or maybe a late-inning option. I think we have some options. I'm getting ahead <laughs> of myself because I want to talk to him about it first. But this is oh, – so he has to ask permission. Oh, oh my God. Very talented guy. Red flag, red out. flag. <laughs> really? I think this is very optimistic. You look at the bullpen <laughs> these days and who you're bringing in at certain spots and where you need a strikeout, I think the sky's the limit. The ceiling is the roof. Obviously, oh, health my. comes first. But we're going to try to get him in the oh, best spot to help the team. God. Is there closer on the roster, they ask him. We'll have to see one of these guys get there. <laughs> uh, get here. There are some really talented guys who throw hard and strike people out. Lamed is one of those guys. I don't know how that's going to evolve. Obviously, AJ uh, Preller, the president of baseball operations, he's still on the team. I didn't know that. None of that has made some moves in the past, so that's another factor. Could the closer be on a roster right now? Absolutely, he says. We'll see how the rest <laughs> of the spring plays out as far as moves go. So yeah, there's some might be a, a, a competition in uh, San Diego for oh, that closer role. Jesus. I'm optimistic. Right? Oh, I'm not. I'm not at all. That, that it depends on how that depends on if he feels healthy. It doesn't matter how he feels if he's healthy. It matters if he's healthy. <laughs> no, I, I think he's healthy. Baseball doesn't care about your feelings. If sure it did, do. I wouldn't be a Mets fan. <laughs> sure you do. You you, you look at the, some of the people in baseball life. You talk bad about their favorite teams or favorite players. They start crying like little shits heads and bitches. So. <laughs> Uh, let's see, who were we? Oh, let's see, these are the projected points, holds. So I, I, as you see, a lot of guys now start to matter when you give an equal amount uh, uh, of point value to holds as you do to saves. There's Jorge Alcala, Tyler Rogers, Jonathan Loaiza, Hector Neres, guys we talked about, Alex Reyes, Anthony Bender. I mean, Alex Reyes doesn't matter if he's a closer or, or not. I mean, if, if holds are equal amounts to saves, then he's just as valuable. Um, there's a lot of guys that we talked about. So let's start with number 43, Daniel Hudson. Uh, Austin, uh, Austin, let's start with you. Good or bad? From Daniel Hudson at number 43 all the way down to 65, Michael Fulmer. Who do you want to talk about from this list? Mm, let's see. What's the sorted by again? Oh, projected points by holds. So oh, holds oh, are, so are, are equal to 10 points, just like saves in this uh, projection. Man. Um, let's go. I've already, we've already talked about Fulmer. Already talked about, there's a lot of them on here we've already talked about. Yeah. Um, you know what I think is funny that we haven't talked about is Kendall Graveman. And yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Kendall Graveman, I think his stock goes down this year. Um Astros. I think I think his the year he had with the Astros and the uh and the Mariners, the Mariners especially, I think that was kind of a fluke year because then he went to um he went to the Astros as the setup guy. And his value immediately went down. He didn't produce. He wasn't producing fantasy wise like he, um, like he did with the Mariners because his role changed. And now his role has changed even more because that back end of the bullpen is filled with Kimbrel and uh, Hendricks and Bummer and you know people like that. Joe so Kelly now, yeah, yeah, and Joe Kelly. So now you're seeing Kendall Graveman has moved his role to he's a sixth inning middle relief guy. So. You know, some people may draft him because, you know, he did he had a really good season last year as a closer and the setup man, but I would not draft uh, Kendall Graveman because his role has changed. Well, when you get down to this list, especially when you're equaling uh, holds as much as saves, I mean, you're looking to see, okay, uh, can Kendall Graveman give me holds? Or if you're in a 5 by 5 league, can Kendall Graveman 
Can I use him as a guy that will keep my rate stats low? My whip is going to be low because of him. My ERA is going to be low. My walk, or if you're in a league like our crazy league, can he not give up walks? Yeah. He has very good control. I mean, you're seeing it right there. Walk per nine at 3.06. Can he keep the hitters at bay? He's only giving up 7.76 hits per nine. And that's despite the fact that compared to everybody else, he's a contact to pit. He's a pitch to contact pitcher compared to everybody else. What are we going to say? I'm sorry. Can six, can six inning middle relief guys get holds? Uh, he's protected to get 19. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you can get holds. Guy. You can get holds in the sixth. Or in the holds sixth. is such a random thing. Yeah, though, but, it's a it's a convoluted rule. <laughs> but I mean, we see it all the time. I mean, the, the good guys get the holds. You know, winning teams, relievers winning on winning teams. teams get holds. Yeah, yeah, and this he's a, a, a reliever on a winning team. So yeah. if, but yeah, I, I get it. If you're if you're in a traditional five by five or, or if you're in a points league, the guard league, uh, Austin, where saves are kings. I mean, you're seeing it right here. Uh, he's only projected to get 156 points if he's lucky in our league. But if he's in a holds league, I mean, his stock goes way up. Uh, so it's something to consider. And that's all. That's why I'm asking uh, about these uh, lower, so-called lower level of relief pitchers. It's not that they're lower levels. It's that their value isn't adjusted accordingly. But if they're in a holds league or if you're in a crazy categories league like the one Sean and I are in, yeah. he's not that bad. You, yeah. you could do a lot worse. You could, you could. Do Rowan Wick to be your guy. And Rowan Wick gives up four walks per nine inning. So, or, and he's supposed to be projected to get a 4.07 ERA. I don't know. Rowan Wick or Kendall Graveman? Kendall Graveman. Graveman. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's all we're doing on this exercise. Let's keep going down uh, for Sean. From 66, Daniel Bard, all the way down to uh, Spencer Patton, I guess. Who's your guy? Good uh, or bad? Ken Giles. I think it'll be interesting to see how Ken Giles comes back this year. Ooh, yeah. I, he, he, he's a guy you could get at the very end and could be closing games by like May. Like, I don't, I, I, I think he's a very, cause you, it's not risky cause you don't have to pay much for him. What number but, is he at? What, what ranking is uh, he? 83. 83. Okay. I can see it now. Uh, he's on a good team. I'll give you that. He's yeah. on a very good team. And I, I definitely think he's going to be more towards the back end than the sixth inning as listed here. Uh, the Mariners are loaded, though. That's another. Yeah, concern. I mean, him, Andres Munoz. But a lot of them are almost all of them are coming back from some form of injury. Mm. So I think it's just going to be whichever one kind of establishes themselves first. I mean, I, I like Andres Munoz. I like Drew Steckenrider. I like Paul Sewald, But I, I think Ken Giles has the ability to really be like the guy they go to in the ninth while Steckenrider, Seawald and them are kind of like the firemen. And then you have like a setup guy of uh, Andres Munoz or somebody like that. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love the Mariners uh, a bullpen this year. There's a lot to love about them. Uh, how are we doing on time? Are we at the 90 minute mark already? Yeah. Just about oh, Jesus Christ. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, all right. Last thing. Uh, we'll go with strike up for nine, I guess, because yeah, why not? So it's who's who of who of, of really good relief pitchers here. But then they got a guy like Brad Wick. Uh, he's supposed to. I have him listed as the maybe the next man up, even though he's sixth inning. Personally, I have him listed as my next guy up. If if uh, Rowan Wick, so all these guys have the same names with the Cubs. If Rowan Wick falters, here comes Brad Wick. Austin, uh, is there a guy that you see on this list that hey, if this guy falters, I like that name X is here to back him up mm, let's see um 
Oh man, I need yeah. to. Uh, Sean, go ahead, intervene if you have one. You're on mute. Uh, by yeah, the way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably Paul Sewald. Um, another Mariners guy I just mentioned. Hmm. Uh, had He's a really closer, good. Though. I, I I I don't I don't think he'll be the closer. I, I like really? I said I, I don't think he'll be the the out and out closer. You think uh, there's a closer by committee going on in, with yeah, Seattle? Yeah, and I think it's going to be like I said. I, I think Munoz has a really good chance. I think Giles has a really good chance. But Seawold might be like their high you know volume guy. Like I could see Seawold possibly throwing seventy innings, which oh, is geez. like a, a lot for a relief pitcher. I, I could see yeah. him doing that. Because how many right. did he throw in? 21 he threw 64 i could i could see him going 70 80 okay uh another guy worth mentioning here is uh tanner scott like um, sean you know oh. how you know me man i'm not gonna give we, up. we can't we can't give up on tanner scott he, he's never too good give he, him <laughs> up. never gonna let him down uh, uh i think i think we've officially jumped the shark for today yeah. <laughs> felipe is singing rickroll Austin, you you have a name there? You still need a time or no? I think uh, Pete Fairbanks. Yes, uh, I like that one. Pete that Fairbanks. Time. Yeah, um, he is twenty third. Thank you. <laughs> I can't find him in my own. Yeah, list. he's he's the setup guy right now. But I mean that that Rays bullpen is loaded. I mean you're gonna put anybody in that closer's role and they're gonna do it. I like Pete Fairbanks. Um, he is projected. He's even projected to have. Oh no, he's projected to have nineteen holds. Seven saves. I mean, 11, 11 Ks per nine. I think I I really like Pete Fairbanks, but there again, I like most anybody on the Rays. So the I, think, are loaded. I think this is the second or third Rays pitcher that I've talked about in this podcast alone. So <laughs> uh, Jake Cousins, uh, I mentioned him earlier today. Uh, this K9 is going to look good. The hit, he's not going to give up a lot of hits. Home runs are going to be kept in check according to ATC projections. Uh, ERA looks solid. Uh, what about the whip is a little high, so are the walks. But uh, I, I I look at the at Jake Cousins' uh, uh, K per nine, and I, I can't look away. I'm salivating. I want him. Uh, in the event that Josh Hader gets traded, David Williams punches another wall. Jake Cousins is right there, just <laughs> waiting to vulture. Just waiting to vulture things up. And uh, let's finish up with the next round of guys here. We talked about Pierce Johnson, Chad Green, Hector Neres. Uh, let's start with Jake Jackson. Uh, Sean, let's start with you. Jake Jackson all the way down to Diego Castillo. You know what? If you have another guy. What's the numbers on him? 39 to 61. But you know what? I, I'm feeling uh, like do whoever you want at this point. Okay. If, you, if, uh, if he's not listed at, at, uh, right here, or if he's lower than that, just, just call it out. Just let me know what, what number he's he is. That's what he's yeah. been doing anyway. He's called two. <laughs> well, now nah, I'm not going to call him out against it. Just do whatever, Sean. It's your show. I'm just I'm just here running it for you. Uh, let's see. Um. I don't know. I feel like we've talked about every relief pitcher that actually is fun to talk about. Like I could say Will Smith from the Braves. Like, oh yeah, he's gonna have saves. Uh, like, I, I, Will Smith's a guy I, I can't bring myself to draft. Um, I just I, I don't think he's that good of a pitcher. I just think mm-hmm. he's gonna get saves on a, a possibly winning team, depending on where Freeman goes. But I don't know. Will Smith's a guy I've generally avoided. So. He's over at there at number 45 and K per nine on your list. Yeah, I see him now. Uh, what about you, Austin? You got a guy there? Um, all right. I'll go a little off. So I don't know. Well, he's injured right now, so he's probably not on the list. So I was going to say there isn't. Oh, he's a starter anyway. Never mind. Um, I was going to do a homer pick and pick Chris Rodriguez, but he's listed as a starter. So, you know, um, 
Let's go with, I mean, you can't talk enough about Anthony ghosts. I mean, what a great story. Um, you know, he's a former outfielder. Didn't, didn't pan out. He decided he was going to pitch and now he throws what 97. Oh no. He throws like 99, a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's like super high velo as a lefty. Yeah. Super high velo. Uh, Right now he's set up as a seventh inning man. Um, I don't know. I like I like Anthony Ghost. The Guardians have a good pitching staff. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's going to be Emmanuel Classe, but uh, I believe Karen Shack was was uh, listed as the eighth inning man. And so if Karen Shack blows up again, you could have Ghost as the eighth inning man and have him uh, get him more say or more holds, um, which would prove him to be a little more valuable in your fantasy league. So I would keep a look on. Are we keep a look at Anthony Ghost in case Karen Shack blows up again? I'm really surprised we have an Angels fan and he has not talked about Mike Mayers. Uh, <laughs> Mike Mayers, I don't know. Mike Mayers, he was he was good and then he he had a good season and then he had a bad season. He was okay on the Cardinals. I, I I'm I'm not sure what to think about Mike Mayers. I, I I like him, but then at the same time he's a little inconsistent. All right. And that's the list. I mean, we, we could talk all day. I didn't even get a chance to talk about the FIP guys, the whip guys, the, all those other acronyms, but uh, no, time flies when you're having fun. And uh, I felt like it was important to finish off this uh, uh, season preview uh, with a bang. Instead of doing it two weeks, we'll just do it at one in one sitting and just get these uh, projections out of the way. Uh, next week is going to be big. Uh, we should have an idea as to when the season starts. I know a lot of drafts have been delayed. I know our draft, Sean, has been delayed because of it. I, I've been working on, on just my rankings this whole time. You know, there's no sense of urgency because of the lockout. Oh, I mean, the, th- yeah, I was saying they said April 7th. Well, it's not official. They say April 7th. I, but I, I thought it was okay. official. Well, I feel like, well, I looked it up and it said that they're targeting April 7th, but it's not, I didn't see anything. Oh, I, had, stone. I hadn't heard that. I thought it was like confirmed April 7th, be there, be square. Oh, uh, well, that means do they even have a schedule out? Yeah. I want to say they were updating uh, the schedules. They, they um, are? or they, 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 so they, it, Yeah. It, has it been released? Yeah, right here. Mets 2022 schedule because they were even they were like had it updated so fast when they canceled those first few series Mm. like those on the MLB's website were already like those games were just gone. Yeah, MLB opening day will be on April 7th. Okay, well, there you go. We'll begin on March 17th. The full schedule has been updated. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, just I mean, I told Austin, Austin, don't bother. I mean, you could bother me, but my phone is going to be in the other room. I, I know I don't want anybody bothering me because I'm going to be working on these rankings. And uh, and and before I started, I did check. OK, when is the season start? And all I saw was it might start April 7th. They're still working on it. Like, oh, for freaking sake. But no, that's so what? That's about two, three weeks away then. Yeah, about three and a half weeks. All right. So there you go. Uh, you guys have three and a half weeks to scramble and get your uh fantasy drafts going but uh, that's a good place to stop right there i am felipe that's sean over there that's austin we will see you next time adios have a good one everyone